0: Uh, My reward for this convention mess was a dog. I saw the pictures on Facebook. He looks cute. It's like having a furry baby. (laughs) It's all the same stuff that I remember from having a baby, only that it's furry. So now he's not obviously housebroken yet. He is. Really? I keep a calendar. Like, I write down everything he does, a 24-hour calendar. (laughs) Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I went down a sheet of paper, 12, 12, 31, 130, all the way down. Uh-huh. I make a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday row, and then, you know, make a grid. <laughs> I color code the time when he does stuff. Because of course you do. Yeah, you know, it's like a pee poop. And he ate <laughs> and took a nap. <laughs> and then what happens is over the course of the week, you see a very clear pattern. Wow. And then you just preempt it. It's like, oh, it's 9.15. You're going to have to poop. Yeah. Let's go. Oh. Take him outside. Say, hey, go pee poops. Does business. Then
1: you reward him, yeah.
0: And then he walks right back to the door and turns around and looks at me like, Are we going in now? What are we doing outside? Why are we still outside? (laughs) And he's eight weeks. That's pretty
1: good. What what kind of a dog is it? I I see the the white curly hair that kind of looks like a poodle, but his face doesn't look poodle-ish.
0: Oh, he's a lab poodle mix. A lab
1: like labrador retriever? Yeah.
0: Yeah, really. They call him uh, labradoodles. You never heard of that, Brett? That a
1: labradoodle.
0: Well, I I think I think
1: our neighbor had a labradoodle it was a big animal
0: he's gonna get about 60 pounds probably so it will be a little smaller than a full-grown lab mm-hmm. for you dog nerds out there he's an f1 b dot b oh so cool yeah exactly hmm. one of those an australian labradoodle he's not an f2 f2 he's yeah. f1 b yeah. sorry i'm a nerd what do you want i like shit like that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like uh, genetics to quote bill maher <laughs> There are a lot of doodle breeds proving that poodles will fuck anything.
0: Well, ah, start, start over, Brad. Start. Talk to us. And talk start, over, start over. Start over, Brad. Ah, Brad, Brad. Brad what? Oh, oh, wait, God. you know what? We, hold on, we should introduce ourselves.
2: <laughs> ah, we're in another. God, well, God, God uh, damn it! God. <laughs> damn. <laughs> This That'll is surviving, crea- that's a surviving creativity. Nah, the show I'll about
0: I'll... following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. I'm uh...
2: old man number one, Corey Cassoni. <laughs> and I was in a movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. I'm Scott Nick Nolte. I hail Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm Brad Geiger <laughs> and I can't do voices, but I'm the creator of Evilink and the editor of webcomics.com. Yeah, hell.
0: Brad, get us going. You had the youth started it. you sent the text. Brad, board certified Geiger. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed on the on
1: Twitter that they had an I love comics hashtag. And it hmm. was uh, started kind of in uh, response to the latest Marvel movie coming out. and what the what the idea was was to say, "Hey, all of you guys that are making these big blockbuster movies based on the comics, it would be really nice to see you acknowledge that every once in a while." And so they were sure. kind of encouraging people
2: you to- mean <laughs> you mean beyond uh- <laughs> what uh could you guys please acknowledge user comics beyond making these properties billion dollar <laughs> <to> worldwide <laughs> phenomenons yeah i mean beyond that could you so what i think what they'd is like the to hash- see them do
1: this Ask- while they're holding a copy of a comic book in their hands maybe
0: they're asking so they're they want i'm confused what like a lot of slacktivism <laughs> online these days, I'm confused about what they want. What specifically is the hashtag asking for? Well,
1: that's it. That's it. it, it originally, it was acknowledgement. It was, it, for example, that they had that video come out uh, that said that was about Marvel fans. And it said, you know, it's been 10 years of Marvel movies, and there's one thing that's been a constant And that's been the fans. And they had a bunch of clips of different actors and and stuff doing uh, signings and so on and so forth. Uh, But the comment was, couldn't you have gotten one shot with a comic book in your hands? And I think what, what, what the movement is towards is not only acknowledging the comics, but you know, obviously showing up to a comic book shop and supporting the comics, you know, going out and supporting your local comic book retailer
0: and, and stuff uh, like that. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. <laughs> well, go ahead, Scott, to, to dive right in. Cause I got
2: thoughts too. I, I want to hear another yours. Sip of, hold on. I need, I need a sip of coffee real quick. <laughs> Oh, so many opinions flooding my mind right now. Um,
1: well, it seems
2: like a very okay. nice idea, doesn't it? Um, no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, they don't have to hold a comic. First of all, they're actors, and they've been flown out to comic conventions. They don't have to hold up a comic because they are sitting inside of a fucking comic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they're at a comic convention. They could not support comics more than they are right now. (laughs) They're supporting comics to the point where people in their industry are mad at them because these goddamn comic book movies mean that real movies can't get made. And they're being paid well, and it's making their careers. And that's good. That's their uh, reward. Everyone that works on those movies uh, worked really hard on those movies and put in a lot of hours and a lot of effort. Obviously, uh, they don't just fall out whole. If you look at what DC's trying to do and failing to do, it's not easy. Favreau took a chance on Downey. Mm-hmm. Made a huge difference, obviously, 10 years ago. So there's nothing more these people could do to promote comics than, they're, than they are currently doing. The only thing they're not doing is going, it wouldn't be possible if this one comic creator... 50 years ago hadn't created the character that I'm portraying. And I want to say it's all up to him or her. Thank you so much. Don't forget. OG comics. Like why? It doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) It's art. They've just made art. They're promoting the art. They're promoting the art at comic conventions. And, uh, and no, it is not the responsibility of Mike Ruffalo to make sure that the fucking retailer is going to have a good fucking April. No, stop it. Hashtag <laughs> stop it. Well, hashtags and, and, and let me, it. let
1: me backtrack here because as I'm, uh, as I'm flipping through this thread of hashtags, perhaps there's a broader effort that they're trying to do in which they're just saying, Hey, tell us about the comics you love and let's, let's get the word out to other people that there's a whole world of comics out there worth reading. Real quick. That would be, Mm. that would be certainly worth pursuing.
0: What's the hashtag? Tell me the hashtag. The hashtag is I love comics. I think that's fine. I, again, if uh, it's a mixed message, (laughs) if the hashtag is I love comics, but the goal is to get, the, the movie studios to promote comics, you're not. You that that was
1: it. a central goal, though. I think that was something well, that. Well, Fred
0: Geiger, that's up. how you presented <laughs> it to us. You got to decide what this is about. Yes, that is the central goal. It is the central I goal. Thought, because of the way you had explained it in the text, I thought it was individual creators being like, my name should be up on the screen as created by blah, blah, blah. So that's why I said we should talk about accreditation. I didn't realize that it was this was more of like a like a cross media thing.
1: Okay, so let me okay, – I'm just going to read the tweet here, all right? And then you Uh-oh. tell me – because I, I want to make sure that I'm being fair to it. Hey, celebrities, producers, behind-the-scenes film and TV people that have celebrated and enjoyed success from media developed from comic books, I have a challenge for you this week. The comic book properties that have given your work success could use some help. We need to su- – Fuck you. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> – I was was trying to be as fair as possible, but it does sound like this is where it's coming from. We need to spread awareness of where these characters came from, and our industry needs some help getting new readers since having these successful films and series hasn't really brought much attention or sales to the actual source of these properties. We need your help. Could you take a few minutes and take a photo of you holding a single comic book and letting your fans know you support comic books? so that's no fuck that's you. the central thrust and i would yeah, i, I wanted to be no, as no. fair as i could
2: no 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 <laughs> first of all uh no uh the your comic didn't help make them a success i'm sorry it didn't sorry uh your comic book idea is not any better of an idea than any other fucking movie that's ever been made people write things and then they make them movies uh also, no one is confused about what a fucking comic is. <laughs> like, no one's like, that was a spirited movie about T'Challa and his uh, tribe. And I'm just the first I've heard of this. Uh, so interesting. I, I would love to read more about this. What about a comic book? Oh, what are these co-mix that you speak of? I've never uh, heard of this. You say that they're. Uh, There's more stories about T'Challa and his friends out there. (laughs) Everyone knows the marketplace has spoken. Here's the big problem. Why can't you guys help save the comic industry? Uh, Okay, Uh, that sounds great. Let's save the comic industry. Um, We need to radically change the way business is done in comics. Whoa, slow down, (laughs) slow down. Uh, we've been doing it the same way for 75 years and, uh, well, not even because the direct market's pretty new. <laughs> but can't we save the comic industry without changing one bad habit of <laughs> of anyone involved <laughs> in the comic industry? It's, it just reminds me of that joke where the guy is in a flood and he's on his roof. And he says, Lord, save me. And a guy comes by in a boat. He goes, hey, get on. And the guy goes, nah, Jesus will save me. And then a guy comes by in a yacht and says, hey, get on get a yacht. And he goes, nah, God will save me. And then a helicopter comes and goes, get in. And he goes, nah, God will save me. And then he drowns. And then when he gets to heaven, he's like, what What the fuck? I believed in you. Why didn't you save me? And Jesus goes, I sent a fucking raft, a yacht, and a helicopter. <laughs> and it's like... uh. It's like what was, what could possibly save us the comic industry is such an important thing. I sent you a billion dollar movies. Mm-hmm. Do something with it. We've
0: we've relaunched our series four times in the last 10 years and we've produced these incredibly dense and practically unreadable superhero Uh, comics with so much backstory. No one could ever jump in. And then we priced them at $5 a piece and expected you to buy them once, sometimes twice a month. (laughs) What? I don't understand.
2: And then when anyone tries to modernize the distribution system, we all fucking just pull our pants down, punch ourselves in the face and forget our names for a half hour.
1: (laughs) Well, and that certainly was the case when Diamond announced that they were going to uh, enable users to order their comics through Diamond and have them show up at the comic book shop.
0: Yeah. Pre-order online, saving the comic shop a lot of time and effort. You still pick them up at your local comic shop.
2: Uh Excuse me, Mr. Ruffalo, but couldn't you work harder to, to save the comic book industry? Excuse me. I have to yell at an indie creator because he sold his comic at a comic convention before I received it at my shop. And that's
0: not fair. Here's, here's what's frustrating to me. I think it's fine to be like, you know, hey, let's all celebrate how great these movies are going. Let's all show a picture of a comics. But it's the way that it was presented it was like. You did this great thing based on our hard work. Now save us. Like, fuck you, man. It's one thing to go like 10 years of comics. This is awesome. Let's all, let's all, you know, 10 years of these movies based on these comics, Let's all take a photo of our favorite comic and post it. Yeah. That's one thing. But the way that, the way that the onus of this little movement is, is presented is like, it, it just read, it reads very poorly to me. It reads very poorly to me.
1: Well, so let me ask you this, because I think this is a fantastic topic. As Scott earlier said uh, this: we would have to change the way comics do business. Let's say we'll. Speaking of playing God, let's let's put you in the god chair. If you had a magic wand, how would you remake the comics bu- business to make it better and to make it uh, suitable for today's publishing environment?
2: Um, I would, uh, go, I would invent a time machine (laughs) and, and go back in time until, um, you don't have to reinvent it. It, um, it already works. It's called Archie comics. (laughs) Yeah. What's Archie doing that's so right. They're selling shit in grocery stores, Mm -hmm. digest sized in grocery stores, and you can just pick it up and read Archie stories. You don't have to have read the previous one. You can be in the checkout counter and you can. You can purchase it. Also, they've uh, got
0: they've got different flavors mm-hmm. of Archie. They also have a, t- a television series, Riverdale, incredibly popular. And I'll bet if we look, Archie comics are probably up in sales. Well, back I
1: don't know how true this is, because but back in the day, they were like ruling on uh, digital comics, like Comicsology and so forth. They were the, the sure
2: they are the yeah, they master are. of that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they because they built a brand that's a known quantity. That parents can trust. And if you go to
0: ArchieComics.com right now, their banner is a rotating set of images intermixing Riverdale and Archie Comics. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, it's like Riverdale, renewed for third season at CW. Uh, Tomorrow Mm -hmm. night, remember, Riverdale. And then guest starring Blondie, the Archies, number six, on sale now. Wow. And if you look, if you kind of look through what they're making like scroll down even a little bit more. So you got new releases then you got shop Archie. You've got double digest pack, Betty and Veronica, uh, Archie series, subscribe today, Archie series. And right next to that Riverdale volume two pre-order now. Wow. They're, they're leaning
2: right into this. <laughs> I don't know, Corey, uh it's I think you're that's dangerously setting a precedent that it's the responsibility of the publisher to monopolize on this <laughs> media. That when you sell
0: your media to uh, property that you you know, your media rights that the publishing rights still belong with you and you should maybe do something to capitalize on it. But look, but look who's bitching.
2: It's not Marvel. No. It's not Marvel going, guys, please help us. We've got to sell these comics. It's retailers who don't want to change the method of their mm. business, mm. right? And it's, uh, and it's artists going uh, Did he mention me? Did he mention my name? <laughs> because it's like This is outrageous uh, uh, People made this If it weren't for us artists, these movies wouldn't exist And we deserve recognition It's like, okay, well, after 1,000 visual effects animators Are listed in the credits, we'll say Special thanks to these kids And James Palmiotti, And then it's like, thanks, fixed <laughs> It did nothing. <laughs> nothing changed. But now everyone's happy. Yeah. Right? Like, it's at the beginning. It goes, um, you know, in between the fourth executive producer and the grip. It says, based on the comic written by Stan Lee and Joe Sinnott. Right. And then everyone goes, oh, whoo. <laughs> Crisis <laughs> <unverted. laughs> Well, and
0: and that's something I wanted to talk about with the whole, like the broader scope of of accreditation. This is what I found so interesting when Brad sort of first proposed this in the text. I didn't realize there was this hashtag and everything. So, you know, we're shooting from the hip here. Listeners, usually we have more time to compose our thoughts, but uh, I I think it's interesting because take any other published property that is transferred to media, you know, uh, the Martian becomes a movie or whatever. The, the most it gets is based on the book by so-and-so. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the problem with Marvel and DC is Marvel and DC own the properties outright. They own Iron Man. So they don't have to say Iron Man, but based on Iron Man created by who gives a fuck. We're Marvel. Us. We own it. Right Right. now, you see
1: the Iron Man movie by Marvel Studios. It's understood that Marvel Marvel owns owns Iron Iron Man. Man. You you don't say, you know, Marvel's Iron Man by Marvel.
0: Important to note, too, that Marvel is the same company that is making the decisions on what's going to happen with their comic books. Now, the media and comic divisions might be separated, but if they really wanted to make a push for it, they could. Uh, When I was at Oni and Scott Pilgrim got turned into a film, we leaned into it. Mm-hmm. We pushed those books. I was we did big print runs of Volume One. I used to carry around with me twenty or thirty copies of V One, and I would just hand them out to people. We didn't even know if the movie was going to get made at the time, but it didn't yeah. matter. The announcement was out, and the best advertising I could do was just carry around a bunch of V Ones and give them to people on the plane every time I went to a convention. I swear to God, every <laughs> I've made some long term friends by handing out Oni, Oni comics. I used to carry around a bag of them. Yeah. And I'd sit out on a plane and there'd be two people in the aisle with me. And my first question would be like, you like comics? And they would look <laughs> at me like I was fucking crazy. And then I'd hand them each a comic. <laughs> what are you into? You like sci-fi, <laughs> pop culture stuff? You wanna you want a thriller, spy thriller? Let me let me dig out Queen and Country. Like yeah. I really, I honestly used to carry that shit around. Look at what Archie Comics is doing, man. They've got this series, they're leaning into it hard. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel is the one making the decision not to lean into it because from a business perspective, the movies make the money. That's where the cash is.
2: Could it be, you know, could that shift it really surprises it me? That, it's, you know, it just surprises me that Disney now that they own Marvel Disney must own a very popular publishing platform.
0: Yeah. DPW Dis- Disney publishing worldwide world's largest publisher of children's books and magazines, igniting imagination through storytelling. And, Superhero Adventures, the kids, con- the Marvel kids comic, Superhero Adventures, is published by DPW, so they're already in there.
2: there. Yeah, it's 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 working. Um, the comics are going to be fine. Um, what's What's interesting to me is that people forget that until um, Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau, no one gave a fuck who Iron Man was. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was a third tier Marvel character that no one fucking cared about. <laughs> Iron Man is like a first tier Marvel character now, right? But he wasn't. No. It was Spider Man and the Hulk and Captain yeah, America, 100%. and that was it. To their credit, Downey and Favs and um, Kevin Feige and everyone that that contributed to ten years of movie making, a decade of movie making, uh, generating billions and billions and billions of dollars for Marvel. I know they're thinking the fans, but I say that the fans owe them a thank you because they've given us what we've always wanted. I mean, up until Iron Man, even now going back and watching like the Spider-Man movie and the early X-Men movie, it's just not as good Mm -hmm. as these, as these new Marvel films. I remember when the Punisher movie came out and everyone was pissed that he didn't have the skull. (laughs) The Dolph Lundgren Punisher didn't have the skull in his chest. And I'm like, it's still a pretty decent movie. And then, blade was the best superhero film we could get and no one really knew that blade was even a comic mm-hmm. like i just it just it drives me nuts that as we're sitting here in this golden age of comics this embarrassment of riches we're like if you could um communicate with your 16 year old self it's like one day you will be <laughs> sick of superhero movies There are so many of them and they're all so good you're like jesus another one yeah and they're like that could never happen. You're like, no, it'll happen. You'll be like, all right, slow down. Guardians of the Galaxy, really? And they're yeah. like, no one's going to make Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. There's going to be an Avengers movie with Nick Fury and the Helicarrier in it. Ah. And then your 16 year old self would go, I barely know what the Helicarrier is, and just because <laughs> I'm a fan of Stareenko, <laughs> and you're like. There'll be Lego helicarriers, and you're like, shut up, you're a demon. (laughs) And and, and then your 16-year-old
1: self would go, oh, and I can't wait for the Fantastic Four movie, and you say, well, I got some bad news.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that proves my point, Brad. Like, this is not easy to do there's a secret sauce here there are talented people at work and instead of bitching like why wasn't my name mentioned i drew an issue of that once shut the fuck up enjoy your infinity war a month early enjoy black panther outselling titanic yeah Yeah. titanic yeah not iron man
0: black panther too it's not like they didn't try do you guys remember in 2008 when Iron Man came out? They put Matt mm-hmm. Fraction and uh, Salvador LaRocca on uh, Invincible Iron Man, a six-part series that tied into the film. <laughs> they tried. They leaned yeah. into it. They tried.
1: You've got to give Marvel Studios credit for not only that, but for doing this thing in movie history that's never been done. In other words, we've had sequels and we've had movies that, you know, in the very early movies were serials comparable to TV shows, right? Where you, you'd show up every week and see a half hour episode, but we've never seen movies that interconnected and l- formed this huge culmination. Like we're going to be heading into this summer. This has never been done in movie history. And I, I keep going back to the first meeting that they must've had where they said, Hey, this is what we were going to do. Cause it had to be planned out. I, could you imagine the argument that this person, whoever had the bright idea, had to go through to get people to go on board with this, because it was completely outside of the scope of anything that's been done in decades of cinema
0: history. Yeah, what do you? They really do deserve credit for that. What do you show as something
2: that could work? The old Captain America movie? Mm-mm. But Brad, think about this what they pitched which was we're going to do Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, mm-hmm. three movies and then we're going to do an Avengers movie with the three of them and 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 a couple other heroes. That then sounded as crazy as what they're about to put out which is 10 years of superheroes in one movie. Right. Like an event looking back, that first Avengers does not seem that ambitious. It seems very normal. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. Compared to time, what they're doing it's now.
2: Huge. Yeah, right now there's Chris Pratt telling Iron Man his plan sucks, and Doctor Strange opening a <laughs> sling ring portal for him to jump in. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen when that theater Yeah can't you just be happy um, about it? Can't you just be happy, Scott? Yeah, I am very happy about I'm it. Started. I'm the guy that said Tell Jack Kirby's grandkids that if they want some money, they should fucking draw a comic. <laughs> That's me.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's remind. So honestly, them, let's, your, let's remind everybody about that. <laughs> you know, don't cut that out because I still stand by it. You know what's funny too is, it, in the end, you were right
2: about yes what, because about in the end said. they didn't give a fucking shit about anything but nah, money they, cut, they, they could cut have the set a precedent a day, yeah. they cut checks and they called it a day mm. and everyone that we met along the way that knew jack kirby w- one guy w- or one comic creator said to you on a plane yeah i knew jack kirby he was scott's right jack knew what he was doing he he fought he got what he got and he he made people sign contracts that were just as shitty as the one he signed at marvel and you're like oh, oh, will you go online and say that and defend Scott? And he was like, no. And we were like, well, <laughs> we don't blame you. Yeah. But, like, uh, the thing is, uh, the thing that just drives me nuts, and I, lo- I love, I love I love your frustration. I love it when you're like. <laughs> God, oh. Well, the thing is like, people just need to, it just drives me nuts because it, <laughs> I, I'm the reason why I'm stopping myself is because I'm guilty of it too. Right? Like I shot my mouth off a lot when I was younger about syndication. I don't know a goddamn thing about how the syndicated business works. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah. I don't have any ins or outs of it. I just, I just think that syndicates could be doing a lot more for their creators, but who the fuck am I to say? i certainly am not in the industry. And so uh, when I'm sitting at the national cartoonist society dinner, meet and greet dinner, and the creator of Luann goes, oh, Scott, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm giving a talk on Sunday about about the future comics. And he goes, oh, do you have all the answers? And I'm like, I got more than your fucking syndicate, Luann. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you chill and just hear what I have to say? You know? Like, yeah, relax. By the
1: way, since when does anybody doing a panel at a comic convention or, or, or otherwise – Proclaim to have all the answers. No, they're just, they're just up there uh, presenting their uh, opinion on something that they've got a deep well of backstory and knowledge to uh, come from, but that's it. Nobody, even with all that, you can, you could be an expert in this. You wouldn't have all the answers. It was, it was, it was a, kind of a cheap the thing that
2: drives me nuts. The thing that drives me nuts and I just all never understand. And, and you can get mad at me for saying this, but I don't understand why, um, year after year after decade the comic industry is just going to shoot itself in the foot to save the precious retailer in the ex- way that it exists now like well there's a guy working really hard at a comic book shop and we have to save his business no we don't okay. i love comic book shops and i know they've done a lot for us but it's not working anymore people do not care about them i make comics and i walk into a comic book shop and i leave going i'm not walking into one of these again there's nothing here for me (laughs) let's be not interested and i make comics yeah
0: now let's be clear there are some very very good comic shops that have figured out how to make it work and you never you never hear them bitch they're good shops Ugh. (sighs) And what
2: distinguishes
1: no what distinguishes the good shops?
2: It's it's a moot point.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it's not a moot point because we've been bashing hard and we have to we have to acknowledge that they people have done successful things. Uh, I think the the Valkyries, which is a group of young ladies that work at comic shops who hand sell the shit out of books, they get together and they they really look at titles and they pick them and they they get their uh, you know, they order themselves or get their store owners to order them and then they really go like, "Look, this is a great title." Let's get this in people's hands. That was a that's a great move. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic move. Challenger's Comics and Conversation in Chicago recently added uh games, a very small section of tabletop games to their uh to their shop because they noticed an upswing in stuff like D&D. So they put some D&D books on the shelf and they're selling great. Uh yeah, here in Portland, books with pictures, brand new shop just opened. They do these uh like knitting and talk about comics events. Mm. It's fantastic. Like, you should be doing these community things. And and I'll use another industry as an example. Until recently, the board game industry was dying badly because I was a huge board game fan. 10, 15 years ago, I used to have to order my board games from this company that would go to the big uh, convention in Germany. And they would buy crates of these games, bring them over. They would translate the rules, slide them in the top of the thing. And then I had to order them online. That was the whole industry. Wow. There were one or two shops tops and we're hitting this golden age of board games that we could absolutely do with comic shops. But a huge part of it is community and comic shops know it. And some of the really good shops do it. And then you've got these other weird basement shops that just expect that they're going to throw some comics on the shelves and get some people as nerdy as them. To save the day and that's just not gonna work and that's true for any industry it's like when someone you know how the failure rate of restaurants is really high yeah Yeah. only one in every 10 restaurants succeeds or something like that it's because somebody goes in they're even a really good chef and they go and they're like all i have to Mm -hmm. do is open and have really good food and everybody's gonna show up but it's just not true (laughs) You can't just open a comic shop. All I got to do is open a comic shop. And if these fucking publishers would just support me, my comic shop would be successful. Yeah. It's garbage.
2: That's just not But it's true. also not, it's not germane to the conversation at hand. I disagree. You're wrong. It's super germane. You're fucking wrong. Corey, it doesn't matter. You brought it around a comic shop. It doesn't you matter. Brought it to it doesn't shop. matter how good an individual comic shop is, or if all of the ones that existed were as good as the good ones. It's still too small of a market. I mean, the reason why everyone's so pissed off is because these movies are making so much money, but the comic stores aren't. The comic stores can't, it doesn't scale. If some guy came up to me at a convention, Some Texas oil man was like, I like the cut of your jib. I love this comic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you $3 million for a Super Bowl ad. You can promote your comic. (laughs) I would not know. What would I say if I was a regular, if I was in the direct market? PVP, the comic. Table Titans, the comic. Buy it at a comic book shop. Maybe near you. I don't know. You're going to have to look it up. Go to (laughs) 1-800-COMICS. And then when you get in there, they may not have it. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that was the, pro- that was the problem bookstores had too, right? right? But what I'm saying is it's just thinking too small. And in other countries where comics thrive and they don't have these conversations, it's because they're not hanging on to some old – it doesn't matter whether or not you have a comic book shop that's doing well because that's about whether or not you as a local business owner are thriving, contributing to the community and do something awesome. There's nothing wrong – in and of those achievements. And that's great, but that's not going to move the needle, especially not the way I love comics is asking for the needle to be moved. If you want to move that needle, get into fucking Walmart. That's why geek and sundry and Kickstarter have done more for tabletop gaming than any game shop. Because when geek and sundry had, when will Wheaton's tabletop game and geek and sundry had national tabletop day inside of a target with an end cap selling games, that's moving the needle, and that's the kind of out-of-the-box thinking you need. It's not saving the comic book shop. There's a there's a genuine reason to save the comic book shop, and that's because a local business that you love, run by people that you love, that are doing something awesome for your community needs to be supported. But that's at the local level. That's not going to fix comics. When you go to, I'm not talking about fixing When you comics, go to Belgium. I'm talking about saving the local shop. When you go to, go ahead. I don't give a fucking shit about the local shop. <laughs> it's like saying I got to save my favorite dive bar. I would, if Jay's was going out of business, I would campaign to save it too. That's where I go for my fucking chicken fried steak and eggs. But that's not the conversation at hand. The conversation at hand is why are these movies making billions of dollars and comics aren't? because people don't buy comics that way they don't consume that media that way and the only way to get them to consume it that way is to have a cultural shift it's not because we're not supporting the local comic shop enough it's a misnomer. don't you think the cultural sh- don't you think the cultural shift
0: happens at a small level it's like corey, community building man corey
2: it did oh, not God, work God. It's, it's been happening it's been going a comic shop had its chance to survive. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. I mean it, it it did not change the face of comics. You know what happened? You know as close as it got? Speculators market mm-hmm. where everyone thought if I buy uh one day this uh copy of Ghost Rider number 1 of which they printed 3 million will be worth something. right There's nothing that there's 3 million of that's worth anything. This is not gonna work. I don't. I don't even want to. I mean, that's get the closest that. comics ever got. That should piss me off. Yeah, but that's that's the best they could. That's the best that the direct market could do. And look even if you want to improve the direct market to where it could even compete with a Walmart and a target, you ain't going to do it with diamond. You're not going to use it with Steve Jeppy, No sitting there well, that, as the one and back to distributor with no competition. Yeah. That was
0: when Brad asked, what would you do to fix the, you know, the, the industry or whatever. My number one thing would be you know, break up the distribution monopoly. I mean, have multiple. Distributors, that's only going to, that's not going to happen.
2: Yeah. Right. No, it's not. and, and, Uh, it's not going to happen because no one's going to see this monopoly because comics are considered magazines. And in the world of, in the larger world of magazines, diamond isn't even a player and can't be considered a monopoly, but in the world of comics, they're a monopoly. So, but that's the point. That's, that goes to my point. It's a subsection of a subsection. Comics needs to think, bigger but that means the way things happen need to change which means the comic book companies and i just don't get it i don't understand how warner brothers and disney give a shit about thinking small like what is diamond to fucking disney
0: no mm-hmm. oh, nothing and and warner brothers and and marvel uh, or warner brothers and disney they are putting comics on the shelves in target and walmart just not not the comics
2: shop not the comics that you read no. that's the point yeah. the point is comics are doing fine no one's concerned about the medium they're concerned about their livelihood which is legit yeah. but it means the hashtag is bullshit hashtag my career okay I get it now I can get behind that mm-hmm. you're a talented guy I want your career to thrive let's find you let's support your work But don't don't fucking sell me hashtag comics. We got to save comics. By the way, comics are saved.
0: (laughs) They're already safe. Brad, you did a real good job at stirring the pot, but I noticed you got nothing to say on the topic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my job. Stir the pot and then then, slowly walk away. I, I, I actually you know have what? a thought about I this. this. I just didn't want to interrupt you guys. But here's here's my takeaway. So when Comixology, and especially when Amazon bought Comixology, that's when I thought that there was going to be a real sea change, because I thought, aha, now with with digital publishing, it, it basically takes Diamond out of the process, right? And it still hasn't had that jump that I really was expecting. And I think what it tells us, as much as I personally kind of hate to admit it because I've got a real love for this stuff, but uh, I think what it tells us is that we also have to envision comics beyond the scope of tights and capes. That we have to think beyond superhero comics and that we've got to let comics go to that wider zone that independent comics have been uh, drilling for years and really exceeding at, uh, I think. I think the major publishers have to look beyond superhero comics, and uh, because what, what it's clear to me is that uh, you know there, there's no barriers on the digital market, uh, but the 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 content isn't speaking to today's generation the way it did back in the sixties and seventies.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. That's true. I think that the, the greater market is already thinking about that. And they're doing not superhero stuff because every major book publisher now has a graphic novel division and they're right. pumping out these amazing middle grade and YA titles that are absolutely decimating sales numbers of capes and tights.
1: And I think that's where the future yep. is. And it's not going to be your monthly floppy. It's going to go more towards a European model where you wait for six months or a year until your favorite, uh, comics artist comes out with the next book. Just the way people follow novelists, uh, uh, you know, people like Sam Sykes and so forth, uh, this is how I think that's the direction we're going, and it's going to be less of a monthly. Which, let's face it, worked great when you stopped at your newsstand and you were riding the bus and and riding the trolley to work and stuff like that. That's fine, uh, but it's not it's not what we're it's not the way we live anymore. And I, I think we're going to move, like Corey said, to a a, a form of comics that is more of a. Uh, Bi-monthly at best, if not six months to a year update, where you wait for the book.
0: Well, it, it can be both. I mean, Art mm. back to Archie. Archie's doing both. Mm-hmm. They have they have their digest stuff, and they also are trying these like, a, and a limited run is the wrong name, but I mean, they're just doing it all within the Archie universe. Uh, Vamp, Vamp- Vampironica think Archie- number one. It's a comic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's exactly yeah, but I
2: don't think on. I don't like, think Archie Publishing is is worried so much about the direct market. I don't think they no, they
0: don't give two shits. They're, tr- I don't, they're trying fun stuff. They're no, it out it, they sell what they sell and call. It
2: I it. think a good thing to look towards if you're thinking about the comic industry is Toys R Us. Mm. Toys R Us had a monopoly almost um, on selling toys. They were the name in selling toys, and uh, they did not innovate. They did not pivot, and they let. Amazon sell all their stuff online rather than go online themselves and become the preeminent online toy retailer. So, I mean, there are things that, that, that Toys R Us could have done to not go out of business. And I think by now that if comics were sold in a similar manner, if there was one chain, that was kind of like the one place you bought comics. It would, it would be out of business. Um, I think there's a reason why Toys R Us
0: also got in debt problems. So they, they made some pretty poor assumptions. Well, no, I
2: know that, but but they 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 could have innovated. And I, I think that's, I think that's what needs to happen with comics. And also, I think that a lot of comics, the two big, the big two, the DC and the Marvel, are really um, oddly hanging on to just outdated business models. I'm I'm shocked that we haven't found a better way to look at. I mean, honestly, the one thing that people are carrying around with them constantly is their phones. Mm -hmm. To most people outside of America, a computer is their phone. There's that there's uh, I guess comiXology is the best that we've done. Uh, But I I just think that that no one, no one. And again, I'm not the one that wants to do it because I want to make comics. I don't want to innovate this. But and also the first one through the door gets shot. Right. I mean, (laughs) Brad, you and I know that. Yeah. You know, we did it with web comics. The first guy through the door Mm -hmm. gets shot then everyone gets through. So we took those, we got those scars, which is fine. I'm proud of them. I'm sure you are too, but, but like there's innovation that could happen that would uh, bring comics into larger markets like they are in other industries, but it means things have to change. I mean, if you look at the comics market in Japan, it's it's not just different in how they're sold, it's different in how they're made, it's different in how they're produced, it's different in how they're consumed.
0: You want to know something really interesting that's happened in the last 2 or 3 years over there? Yeah. They're embracing web comics. Mm-hmm. The the weekly sales are down a lot and the online readership of web comics is going through the roof. Really? Are they
2: still making manga the same way? They're just distributing it differently.
0: Uh, It's a hybrid right now. You've got people, you've got individual creators making um, uh, these web comics. Probably the biggest web comic success is One Punch Man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So One Punch Man was a web comic. It was like a four panel gag strip. And it got very, very popular. And then it got turned into a weekly with a different artist. So you had, uh, I think, same writer, different artist. Same same storyline, same humor, right? And then they turned it into, um, ins- I don't know if it went to a weekly or if it went straight to volume. And then it became uh, an animation. It became an anime. Uh, and it's humongous. And there's there are other examples of that. There's now a huge number of webcomics growing rapidly in Japan. South Korea uh, line, which is the the Google equivalent uh, of in South Korea line webtoons is gigantic and they came over to America mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. It's, it's a, a humongous collection of free comics ad supported and supported by their other things. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry over there there. Well, it, I mean, it's funny that other countries are adapting their comics faster than we are in America. We're trying to hold on to. I mean, we have these movies, we have these huge promotions for our stuff the way that Japan has these huge anime promotions for their stuff. And we can't convert. Like we can't
2: get the let people me, to go the other let way. Let me just uh, real quick, tell a, a personal story Um, since this has been the Scott rant hour. And then we'll, we'll go to a game show. I can dominate Corey at <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm going to win. I know what you're going to read. Go ahead. My introduction to comics was at a store called Walden books. And um, it was a product of the time. So in the eighties, you would buy things by going to the mall and walking around the mall. And not so much anymore. I think people still go to malls and shop and stores, but you just didn't buy things. I mean, online didn't exist, but you'd go and walk around a bookstore and there was a comics rack. That was my introduction to comics was they were big and bright and displayed on shelves or displayed in spinner racks. I picked up alpha flight number 11 <laughs> thumbed through it no one gave a shit and it said next issue one of these heroes will die and I was like oh my god and I mean I came back every week hoping to find that next issue you know yeah. I was compelled and that introduced me to comics and then my friend um, Jans Dykehouse told me his brother collected comics and I was able to look through his and that's when I was introduced to the way that Americans dealt with comics they were placed inside of poly bags They were not to be touched. They were not Mm. to be enjoyed. Um, They certainly were not to be rolled up and put in the back pocket. Yeah. And I had to read all of Jans Dykhouse's older brother's X-Men when he was out of the house because they were in long boxes and I wasn't allowed to touch them. (laughs) (laughs) Jans' older brother had already been indoctrinated by the culture of the direct market, which then later I was indoctrinated by when I started going to comic book shops because – while the Spinner Racket Walden Books was great, there was a shop that just sold these things. Mm-hmm. And it was called The Comic Log, and the guy inside of it was not happy. Mm. There was a poster on the wall that said, shoplifters will be vaporized. <laughs> that was drawn by some indie creator that did a comic called Delgado at the time about a uh, astronaut dog-faced man. Mm. You weren't allowed to really read comics on the shelves and... It wasn't a library, you were reminded, and there was a wall full of back issues that you couldn't just look through. You had to know what you wanted and then bought it. And people used to throw rocks through his windows and rob the store all the time because everyone hated him. But that was my introduction to the comic shop. And it's like, my if I look back, that's when how I viewed comics changed. Then it was important to be... I wasn't reading comics anymore. I was collecting comics. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the big disconnect in... Uh, American culture with other cultures when it comes to comics. If you are going to make a hashtag that says I love comics then we need to have a larger discussion about the way the industry views itself because that that image of um, like the movie mall rats when they go over to Jason Lee's house and Jason Lee has a whole basement full of comics and you're not allowed to touch them, you know, that's the problem. That's what led to this. Yeah. And subsequently what led to the speculators market and the collapse and the rebuilding yeah so it's not the the movies aren't the problem the movies are not (laughs) the problem so what so uh what game am i dominating Corey?
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have a family feud for you to play
2: let's do it
0: you you're going down I'm so tired of losing these fucking games. So, I'm so tired of losing. I'm in. I'm in. All right,
1: Corey, I have a number of pens in my hand. Uh, it's the number of, uh, between one and ten. Choose the closest without going over. Seven. All right, Scott? Three. All right, it was six. Scott, you get to choose if you'd like to go first or second.
2: I'll go second. All right,
1: second. Scott, turn your headphones off, and Corey... You will have 30 seconds to answer five questions. What I did was uh took a survey. So the idea is to guess which answer would come up most often in a survey. Are you clear?
0: Yeah, I know how the game works. I was doing that for the people that might be listening. I know. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of losing. I gotta get him, Brad. (laughs) I gotta get him. All right.
1: Uh, Thirty seconds are on the clock, and your timer will start when I get to the question mark in this first question. Name a language that you often see on restaurant menus. English. Name an animal you wouldn't want your china shop in, or you wouldn't want in your china shop. A bull. Name something people buy to show they are successful. A car. Name a reason that your boss would give you a raise other than you work hard.
0: Uh, He likes you. And
1: name something people like to do when they listen to music. Dance. All right. You've got it. It's too easy. It's too easy. And there's our timer. All right, Corey, turn around and look at the board. Big board. Love it. Name a language that you often see on restaurant menus. You said English. It was the top vote getter at 36. Name an animal that you wouldn't want in your China shop. Oh, no. The question is other than a bull. Give me another answer for that really quick.
0: Oh, other than a bull? Other than a bull.
1: You wouldn't want to see this in your China shop. Dog. Okay. Dog. Dog. Did not show up on the survey. All right. Name something people buy to show they're successful. You said car. Number one answer at 45. (sighs) It's (laughs) It's going down. (laughs) Name a reason that your boss would give you a raise other than you work hard. He likes you. And zero. Really? Really. Did not show up on that answer. Name something people like to do when they listen to music. Corey, you said dance. And that was eight people agreed with you. Eight? So eight only it's eight. It's not number one. I am oh, I very oh, surprised about that number as one. well. But number one it was insane. only eight. So you've oh. got eight plus 45 plus mm. 36. You've got 89 Jeez. points
0: shoots but i had two
1: there though that's gonna two be tots. tough to get past
0: oh scott he's gonna get me again <laughs> i have such i have such a good one for him to read this week that's
1: <laughs> such a good one okay call him back in
2: all right let me turn my volume back up
1: okay all there. right
0: scott yep.
1: you've got to beat a score of 86
2: <clears throat>
1: are okay. you ready your your timer will start when i reach the question mark in this question Name a language that you often see on restaurant menus. Spanish. Other than a bull, name an animal you wouldn't want in your China shop.
2: Uh, Bear.
1: Name something people buy to show they are successful. Car. Uh, Uh, TV. Name a reason that your boss would give you a raise other than you work hard.
2: Sexual favors.
1: Name something people like to do when they listen to music. Sleep. All right. Turn around. Look at the big board.
2: You're going down. Uh, I think (laughs) I lost (laughs) this one. House. I should have said house instead of car, instead of TV. Fuck. Yeah, TV might
1: not make it. All right. You've got to beat 86. Your first question, name a language that you often see on restaurant menus. You said Spanish was not the number one answer. answer, What? But it did get 11 points. Number one answer was English. Number two was (laughs) French. Number three was Italian. English? I
2: thought it was other than English. No. Oh, except your fate, Scott.
1: (laughs) The one that started with other was other than a bull. Name an animal you wouldn't want in your China shop. You said bear and that was yeah. worth eight points. Oh. Elephant. Elephant was the number one.
0: Oh, answer. that's pretty good.
1: Wouldn't want an elephant in the China shop. Name something people buy to show they are successful. You said TV. <laughs> Did not get any votes there.
2: Oh, you're was, going down. Was house number one? Um,
1: house was number two at 41. Car was number and one car was at 41. yeah. So House would have gotten mm. you right back in the game there with 41. I know. Oh, I you're, toast. you're
0: toast. You're <sighs> um,
1: toast. Name a reason that your yes. boss would give you a raise other than that you work hard. You said uh, sex.
0: This is, zero. Was this is zero.
1: zero. one answer at 54. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh! It's so close he always pulls it off in the last question hold on we should oh, you're so close he's at
0: he's at 73 I'm at 89 73 oh. Oh.
1: Yeah. oh okay oh. name something people like to do when they listen to music you said sleep. And it did not get an answer. Zero. Yo, <laughs> <no>! <laughs> the number one answer there was clean. Clean. They like to not sing, music when not they clean. sing or dance. All right. So now, Corey, uh, you—I believe you're the winner. There, you get to decide how Scott reads oh, the closing credits to surviving creativity. Which, hold on. <laughs> oh no. Which we are showing sure. yeah. in your text segment down there oh, yes. on the screen very shortly. Yes, oh. Corey. Yes. What yes. are you making,
0: Scott do? Scott Kurtz, you're reading the closing of the show as a bad anime dub. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've been listening to Design and Creativity, huh? The show about <laughs> following your dreams and coming your own boss and surviving the process. Speed Racer, your co-hosts have been Scott Kurtz, creator of PvP, huh? And Table Titans. <laughs> Corey Stoney, business manager of 2 Down Studios and Brad Geiger, oh. <laughs> you think you've defeated the creator of Evil Link and the editor of webcomics.com if you like, but please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always because... The mouthing for the Japanese yeah, language so is the they, just words. Words. Yeah. they just they add words they just add words everywhere they yeah. gotta throw those syllables in there surviving creativity is made possible by listening to support huh <laughs> at patreon.com surviving creativity you thought you could win but you didn't oh <laughs> <laughs> so speed racer you thought you could beat me but you didn't beat me because I am faster huh?
0: well done <laughs> Well done, Scott Kurtz. Yeah, they they uh, always,
2: they they state it and then restate it because they've got to stretch the sentence. (laughs) They've got to stretch the sentence. So you thought you were better, but you're not better because I am the most advanced. Oh.
0: (laughs) 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 Ah, that was worth it. That was worth the weeks of (laughs)